As the world becomes more polarized and distorted from reality, Big Red for America breaks down a new concept, value, or debate so you can better understand the history and facts. Using historical data, basic logic, and common sense, we supply honesty and clarity around today's political topics, value sets, and cultural discourse. This is the Big Red for America show. Uncle Joe has grounded America. In a White House statement, the president said, I am giving America an ultimatum. Get vaccinated or you will be grounded. America chose the latter as Southwest employees took a silent strike and walked off the job, forcing the company to cancel 2,000 flights. Joe Biden said, I gave you an ultimatum. I can't believe you took it. I'm only asking about 70% of you to get vaccinated so we can end this pandemic. An aide then ran out to the podium and informed the president that he had recently changed the threshold to 98%. The president then complained that only 32% of Americans were vaccinated. He was then informed those were his approval ratings. I'm Big Red for the Big Red for America show. Let's get right into it, shall we? In case you missed it, last weekend... Southwest canceled 2,000 flights. Just to put this in perspective, 30% of their Sunday flights were canceled. One in 10 of their Monday flights were canceled. And this continued into Tuesday as well. This led to rumors that the walkout was caused by Southwest's new vaccine mandate. In an official statement, Southwest said, quote, On Friday evening, the airline ended the day with numerous cancellations, primarily created by weather and other external constraints, which led aircraft crews out of pre-planned positions to operate our schedule on Saturday. Unfortunately, the out-of-place aircraft and continued strain on our crew resources created additional cancellations across our point-to-point network that cascaded through the weekend and into Monday. Southwest teams have been working diligently to restore stability to the network, and we are experiencing less disruptions on Monday. We hope to restore our full schedule as soon as possible. And listen to this. As a note, the operational challenges were not a result of Southwest employee demonstrations. So Southwest is trying to play it off as if nothing was wrong by blaming the weather and other external constraints. The official Southwest Union response was, quote, The Southwest Airlines Pilot Association is aware of operational difficulties affecting Southwest Airlines today due to a number of issues. But we can say with confidence that our pilots are not participating in any official or unofficial job actions. Other news sites tried to jump in and say that the cancellations had nothing to do with the vaccine mandate. Newsbreak had this to say, quote, recently more than 2,000 flights were canceled by Southwest Airlines. As opponents of vaccine mandates on Twitter, including a significant number of outright anti-vaxxers, have linked the cancellation to the new COVID-19 requirements. They believe that Southwest employees and pilots called out in response to the company's vaccine mandate and have since shown their support for the seemingly anti-vax disruption online. They then continue, quote, It is worth noting that both the airline and pilots union have said the numerous flight disruptions had nothing to do with the new mandates. Instead, they've blamed bad weather and air traffic control issues. So this is just repeating what Southwest said when they blamed air traffic control and weather. And the White House also was following up on this narrative. Here's a video of Jen Psaki circling back to explain the disruption. 
There was a little um, hubbub over the course of the last few days uh, about uh, Southwest Airlines. We now know that some of those claims were absolutely false and actually the issues were uh, completely unrelated to vaccine mandates. But again, what we've seen business to business across the country is this is the way to save lives, create more certainty. It's good for the economy and it's something we're looking forward to implementing. So if Southwest Airlines, the pilots union and the White House are all in agreement about the cause, the case is closed, right? Well, it's not really that simple. Like I said, Southwest blamed the FAA and air traffic control, but oddly enough, they were the only one hit by major cancellations last weekend. According to the Associated Press, the FAA said, quote, on Sunday that some airlines were experiencing problems because of planes and crews being out of position. Southwest was the only airline to report such a large percentage of canceled and delayed flights over the weekend, unquote. Just to put this in perspective, American Airlines canceled only 2% of its flights, and same with Spirit Airlines, and compare this to the 30% canceled by Southwest on Sunday. So Southwest stands alone in such a high percentage of canceled flights. That's interesting. But digging even deeper, Southwest also recently has mandated vaccination for all of its employees by December 8th, or they're going to lose their jobs. And this is in accordance with Biden's evolving vaccine mandate. On September 9th, Biden wrote an executive order that requires vaccine mandates for all federal employees, which does cover pilots because they're federal contractors. Section 2 of the executive order reads, Each agency shall implement, to the extent consistent with applicable law, a program to, here it is, require COVID-19 vaccination for all its federal employees. So this is just another piece of the puzzle. Only Southwest was hit by the delays, and they recently passed a new vaccine mandate. Hmm, it's getting more and more interesting. To continue along this train of thought, I want you to remember the union response that says they were not doing official or unofficial actions. And it would be illegal for Southwest pilots to officially plan a slowdown or, or a strike. Um, so of course the union would deny that this was either official or unofficial because it would be illegal. However, the union has also said, quote, all of these challenges, staffing and fatigue, have led to an added distraction in the cockpit. And this week's COVID-19 vaccine mandate announcement by the company only exacerbates the situation. Not just that, the Southwest Pilots Union is also currently suing Southwest to block the vaccine mandate. They filed their lawsuit in federal court on Friday, which was the first day of the shutdown slash cancellations. They said, quote, the new vaccine mandate unlawfully imposes new conditions of employment and the new policy threatens termination of any pilot not fully vaccinated by December 8th, 2021. They're claiming, essentially here, under the Railway Labor Act that for some reason governs airlines, I don't know, your guess is as good as mine. They're essentially claiming that the company has not negotiated with the union and is therefore taking illegal steps in unilaterally mandating the vaccinations. So we'll have to see where this goes in federal court. So just to recap everything so far, Southwest was the only company to experience major cancellations this weekend. They just mandated vaccinations for their employees. The union is currently suing them to prevent a vaccine mandate, or at least stall it until terms can be agreed upon. I mean, if it walks like a duck, looks like a duck, and sounds like a duck, I mean, I don't know. I'll let you guys make the final decision, but to me, it sounds like it sounds like they were upset about the vaccine mandate. 
The slowdown, the Southwest slowdown, also hurt their stocks. They have experienced a 4 to 5% drop since Friday, which could also be a way that the pilots are trying to hurt the company or get the company's attention. But you know, I'll leave that up to you to decide. In other COVID vaccine mandate news, Governor Greg Abbott has now banned any and all COVID vaccine mandates in his state by executive order. Such a mandate would impa impact companies like Southwest Airlines because it has its headquarters in Dallas and American Airlines, which is also now toying around with the idea of vaccine mandates. Governor Abbott is asking the Texas legislature to pass a law banning COVID vaccine mandates and called for an emergency legislative session to pass such a law. The executive order reads, whereas I issued executive orders to prohibit governmental entities and certain others from imposing COVID-19 vaccine mandates or requiring vaccine passports, and whereas in yet another instance of federal overreach, the Biden administration is now bullying many private entities into imposing COVID-19 vaccine mandates, causing workforce disruptions that threaten Texans' continued recovery from the COVID-19 disaster, and whereas countless Texans fear losing their livelihoods because they object to receiving a COVID-19 vaccine. For reasons of personal conscience, based on a religious belief, or, or for medical reasons, including prior recovery from COVID-19. And this brings up actually a good point, uh, is that which is that Biden and his administration are ignoring the science that shows prior COVID-19 infection, can produce antibodies that reduce the chance of reinfection. Now, the airlines so far say that they are choosing to follow Biden's mandate, which still hasn't totally been drawn up yet, as opposed to Governor Abbott's mandate banning the vaccine mandate. We'll have to see ultimately in federal court which way this is going to go. But this executive order is also paired with a federal court ruling to temporarily suspend United Airlines' vaccine mandate because they're not allowing objectors reasonable accommodation but instead rather they're just placing them on unpaid leave the courts have decided to suspend this case to the end of the month so they can continue or suspend the mandate till the end of the month so they can keep hearing cases and come to a decision the white house and specifically jen pasaki had a lot to say about texas's new executive order here she is going off the rails uh, is the administration going to sue uh, Texas over the uh, opposing the order for the vaccine mandates? And is there a risk that uh, kind of uh, the OSHA efforts essentially get tied up in litigation rather than having the immediate effect? Well, Josh, these requirements are promulgated by federal law. So when the president announced um, his vaccine uh, mandates for businesses that, of course, we're waiting on OSHA regulations for as a next step. Um, that was pursuant to federal law and the implementation of federal law because it's an executive order. So our intention is to implement and continue to work to implement these requirements across the country, including in the states where there are attempts to oppose them. I will say, since you gave me the opportunity, um, Governor Abbott's executive order uh, banning mandates, and I would also note announcement by Governor DeSantis this morning, essentially banning the implementation of mandates, uh, fit a familiar pattern uh, that we've seen of putting politics ahead of public health. 
Over 700,000 American lives have been lost due to COVID-19, including more than 56,000 in Florida and over 68,000 in Texas. And every leader should be focused on supporting efforts to save lives and end the pandemic. Why would you be taking steps that prevent the saving of lives, that make it more difficult to save lives in across the country or in any state? And I would also note that vaccine requirements have been standard in both the Lone Star State, Texas, in case you're not familiar, and the Sunshine State, Florida, in schools for decades, whether polio, measles, mumps, rubella, the chickenpox, there are vaccine requirements that have been implemented for decades in these states. Uh, so these decisions put uh, these two leaders out of step with uh, both long-time requirements, uh, a history of vaccine mandates, but also many business leaders in their state. I just love Jen Psaki's response. You know, it's, it's federal law. Um, but I do want to respond to a few specific items in her response. So first, she accuses Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis, Texas and Florida's governors, of putting, quote, politics before public health which I think is absolutely rich because it's clear that the Biden administration has done this throughout the pandemic, throughout their entire tenure so far in office. Uh, Nature and Human Behavior published an article way back earlier this year titled Ranking the Effectiveness of Worldwide COVID-19 Government Interventions. And do you know what they found out? They determined and this is a direct quote from the article, quote, we find strong support for the effectiveness of border restrictions which means closing land and air borders. And they said that land border restrictions are highly effective at mitigating pandemics. I just want to let that sit in for a minute. Why? Because the Biden administration is letting tens to hundreds of thousands of migrants pour into Texas every month. Which begs the question, Jen, are you, are you doing politics or, or public health? To take a quote right from Jen, I would ask her, why would you be taking steps that prevent the saving of lives that would make it more difficult to save lives across the country and in certain states? Of course, she doesn't have an answer for this because she's letting hundreds of thousands of unvaccinated immigrants into Texas. Like I've said before on this podcast, I'm surprised Texas's numbers aren't through the roof. I'm surprised they've done this well at managing the COVID pandemic regardless of the fact or including the fact that the Biden administration has repeatedly tried to hamstring them with allowing COVID positive or unvaccinated migrants into their state by the thousands. So don't cry me a river, Jen, over politics or public health because your administration has no grounds to stand on. Speaking of politics versus public health, continuing along that train of thought, Biden also ignores natural immunity. A new study from Israel shows that people who have gotten vaccinated yet have not had COVID in the past have a 13.06-fold increased risk for breakthrough infection with the Delta variant compared to those previously infected. So it's saying that natural immunity is more effective at preventing infection than the Pfizer, because that's what all of Israel got, the Pfizer vaccine, if you haven't had COVID before. But the study also says that natural immunity diminishes over time, which I could see happening. Um, and I also want to give you guys the truth. The study also says that people who have not had COVID yet been vaccinated have a 5.96 fold increased risk for breakthrough infection and a 7.13 fold increased risk for symptomatic disease. And not only that, 
that these people were also at greater risk for COVID-19-related hospitalization compared to those that were previously infected. Wow. So right now, right now, the study seems to be saying that natural immunity is more effective at preventing either breakthrough infection or symptomatic disease than just the Pfizer vaccine by itself. The conclusion of the study was that the natural immunity essentially gives longer lasting and stronger protection against in infection, symptomatic disease, and hospitalization compared to two doses of Pfizer in those who have not had an infection before. But they also said that in individuals who are both previously infected with COVID and given a single dose of the vaccine gained additional protection against the uh, Delta variant. And that last part is also supported by the CDC that getting in COVID and then vaccinated on top of that provides better protection against Delta than just natural immunity, which you would kind of hope so. Um, but before I continue on with the show, I just want to let you know that this study has not been peer reviewed yet. So it could end up being rejected or they could decide that its its study modalities weren't robust enough for their liking. But I just, so just keep that in mind with the study, but it could be earth shattering because why are we trying to vaccinate everyone if we're just giving them an increased risk of breakthrough infection or hospitalization compared to natural immunity? Why are we not giving exemption to those who have had the infection in the past? So those would all be questions that the Biden administration right now doesn't want to answer, but they would have to answer if you know this study ends up holding holding water. Also, Jen Psaki said that 700,000 lives have been lost due to COVID-19. And of course, I mean, this, this is a tragedy. There's no getting around that fact that every single life lost to COVID um, has been a tragedy. And, you know, my heart goes out to all those families, you know, since I, I've seen that loss up close. But I just want to go back to my first point that the Biden administration is letting untested, unvaccinated immigrants, they're letting them pour through the border. How is that, in, you know, how is that contributing to Texas's COVID cases or the COVID deaths in Texas? Also, over half of those 700,000 deaths have been since 2021 when Biden was president. The Washington Examiner says that there's been 353,000 that have deaths that have taken place since January 1st. So not all of them were when Biden was president, because remember, he was sworn in on January 20th. But still, the seven-day mortality rate for this September was worse than last September. The Washington Examiner continues saying, quote, In reality, these numbers should not be surprising. The history of pandemics shows that there are multiple waves and variants that frequently lead to a lot of people being infected and dying. Biden never had any business promising that he could beat the virus, which is true. You know, what is the goal of dealing with this COVID pandemic is the goal to eradicate the virus as some people as some people believe it is that will never be possible we'll never get to a point where COVID cases are zero or or you know we're not having people die from COVID unfortunately COVID will now just kind of be a fact of life but the question is now how much will we let it control our lives the Washington Examiner continues quote it's amusing how in one year of the pandemic every story about the virus was to quote blame Trump uh, but absolutely nothing Biden has done is is working, yet Biden never really gets blamed for anything, unquote. Which is interesting, isn't it? You know, Biden never takes any of the blame, even though he said on the campaign trail he won, he would take responsibility for his actions. Um, 
but we have seen him and Jen Psaki not take any responsibility thus far nor you know not accept any of their failures but rather blame it on either the unvaccinated but also the vaccinated that aren't wearing masks you know it just trying to follow their logic will kind of give you a migraine and finally just out of all just the kind of the untruths that Pasaki just sits up there and spewed in that video she said that Texas and Florida are out of step with previous vaccine mandates that have been done in their states but there's a there's a problem with this. Those mandates were done by the states themselves and not the federal government. So no, this doesn't make Texas and Florida hypocrites. It's the state's power to mandate vaccines, not the federal government's. A local news station in Dallas tackled this exact question. The federal government can't mandate vaccin vaccinations for the general public. However, they said that vaccine mandates can be applied to specific groups that the federal government has power over which I think will end up being like federal contractors, federal employees, the military, unfortunately. They, they continue in the article saying, quote, the federal government can't on its own mandate vaccines for the general public. In America's past, most public health rulings have come from either the, the state or the local level, unquote. And this is why Biden is trying to go through OSHA to try to mandate it for America's workforce because he doesn't have the power to mandate it for the general public. But the problem is, and I think the legal case could be made, that the trying to force vaccinations for all of America's workforce is essentially so broad that it could constitute the general public and could be struck down on those grounds. Um, but even still, the requirement would be what's called an emergency temporary standard. So it can only last for at uh, six months at the most. But mandators are saying that there is legal precedent for the federal government mandating vaccines. And they're using a Supreme Court case titled uh, Jacobson versus Massachusetts from 1905 to try to make their case. And that case, Jacobson versus Massachusetts, dealt with a vaccine mandate for smallpox. However, the problem with their logic is, like I said before, Massachusetts had the power to mandate vaccines. It was the state. It wasn't the federal government mandating vaccines in Massachusetts. It was Massachusetts itself mandating the vaccines. The article said, quote, in this case, states enforce the law, not the federal government. This is because states have a constitutional capacity known as, quote, police power that allows for this type of mandate. It does not apply to the federal government, unquote. So I would argue that you're wrong, Jen. It's the federal government that's not in line and not the states. The federal government has overstepped its powers in trying to mandate a vaccine Rather than, um, the, rather than the states. And it's not the states being out of line with historic norms, it's you. States have always had the power to mandate or, or not mandate vaccines. The federal government doesn't or hasn't. So what's next? We had these cancellations by southwest you know we've had we, there are some federal lawsuits pending what is next so unfortunately like i said before because these pilots are public contractors they're more than likely going to have to follow the vaccine mandates it's unfortunate and no one should have to choose their job or get vaccinated even federal contractors but i think the most important thing that's going to come out of this is that it's going to be the biggest showdown in states rights uh, essentially in our generation power in America has been slowly shifting up towards the federal government and in towards the executive branch, which is why 
Biden can make a rule unilaterally mandating vaccines for federal employees, which, again, I think is wrong, but he more than likely has the authority to do this, and mandate vaccines for the American workforce, which I believe is wrong, and a case could be made that they are the general public, and he does not have the authority to do this. Conservatives believe that most of the power should be held by the states, and even the United States Constitution grants this, which is why the founders gave the federal government limited enumerated powers, none of which include mandating vaccines. So the question is, will the courts side with the states or the federal government? If they side with the states, we could see the power shift away from the federal government and back towards the states, which would be more of a restoration towards the government the founders envisioned. If not, I think we would see an emboldened federal government that would take more and more liberties from us. So, clearly, there's a battle on our hands, and I, I really hope the states win. Not just for personal freedoms, but in America we normally have what is called, you know, the free marketplace of ideas. I don't know if you guys have heard of that before. But it's essentially where all of ideas are more or less tolerated, but the good ones prove fruitful, and the bad ones, we see their consequences. For example, if New York wants to mandate vaccinations for everyone, go ahead and ruin your state. Um, we saw them mandate vaccinations for healthcare workers and fire all those who didn't comply, and now they're in a state of emergency because they don't have enough healthcare workers. That's fine. New York totally has the power to ruin their state like that. But if states like Arizona, Texas, Florida want to not mandate the COVID vaccine, they should have the ability to do so. That's what's called the free marketplace of ideas. Such a competition, such competition between the states will produce eventually the best results for the country or the most successful results for the country. And its comparisons can easily be drawn. You know, healthcare workers can leave New York if they so choose, move down to Florida, move down to Texas at a state that's more tolerant and work there. And then eventually New York will have to find some way to reconcile their demand for healthcare workers in their state. Um, but if the federal government centralizes all this by mandating vaccines, the federal government effectively destroys the competition and we have to live in an intellectually communist state where unapproved ideas are crushed. We can see this with how the Biden administration is vehemently trying to attack COVID-19 misinformation, which ends up being true maybe about six weeks later. And the question is, the question that everyone has to ask themselves is, is that the America you want to live in? If yes, then, then fine. If not, talk to your state reps, your state governors, and fight tooth and nail for your freedom. Liberty and freedom are only ever one generation away from extinction. That's why we have to fight for it every chance we get. Thank you for tuning in this week. This is Big Red for the Big Red for America show. Do you like what you heard? Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify or wherever you hear your podcasts. And tell your friends. That's one of the best ways that you could help this podcast grow. Thank you so much. And if you want to hear more from our Big Red team, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And subscribe to our Substack for more articles and our sources. Thank you so much.